You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, people who know what it's like to live, work, and minister in small, out-of-the-way places. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Epley, and today we are actually going to dive into a wonderful conversation about pastoral care. I am so excited in a moment to introduce us to Pastor Travis Barbie, who comes from Winona, Oklahoma, and I got to say it very intentionally that way. Um, but uh, I'm excited to dive in because his background as a rancher and then as a pastor is just going to be a delightful conversation to walk into as it relates to pastoral care. But I'm going to let him tell his story. But the first thing I want to do is say, Pastor Travis, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, I'm glad you're here and we are happy to tell your story and uh, and just learn from it as leaders one to another. So, um, so the first thing I want to do is uh, just help our listeners familiarize themselves with you and your uh, your background. And so maybe you could walk us through your background in ministry, uh, you know, kind of and, and your connection to the rural church. You know, what what have you done? Where you been? That kind of thing, you know. OK, well, I am the pastor now at Winona. It's got that draw. Yeah, it's got to um, have it. <laughs> and uh, it is a small rural town. Uh, got about 300 people in it. Uh, I have attended this church for 21 years, but uh, the, being the pastor for seven years. Mm. So I started out just coming to this church. I was a, a rancher. I was married. I got married in 2000, and uh, we knew we needed to get in church, and we started coming to Winona Assembly of God. And um, all I ever wanted to be was a rancher. And sure. uh, I thought that's what God made me to be. I, I loved it that much. And um, I, I loved ranching. I loved everything about it. I had been raised on a ranch uh, and in the, the ranching background. And um, it was kind of the, the love of my life uh, as far as occupational goes. So I did that and just loved it. And I had four kids and, and just loved raising my kids uh, up in that environment. It's a very rewarding environment to, to do. And, and um, so I uh, just started ranching and and uh, loved being connected to the church. Uh, we from the moment we started coming to church, we got connected into it, uh, mm. serving whatever we could do to to help. God had just radically changed our lives, and uh, we wanted to be a part of the church. And uh, from from the very get go, uh, we were in the youth department and and uh, we served in that area, and then the uh, mowing the yards and cleaning the toilets and just doing all the anything we could to help out. We really became part of a family. Mm. And uh, that was something that neither one of us had ever experienced before uh, was being a part of a church family. And uh, you realize how important that church family is. You know, from from there, just kept serving, kept serving anywhere we could. And anywhere we were asked, it we might not have felt the most comfortable doing it, but we just, we knew we needed to be involved. So we said yes. And 
But I felt the call to go uh, into the School of Ministry, and, and the Oklahoma uh, Assembly of God has the Oklahoma School of Ministry. Sure, yep, yep. So I just wanted to get more knowledge. I've read the Bible, but I kind of wanted to get behind the scenes of the, the context and and uh, just kind of dive into it just a little bit more. And uh, that was a ho- really the whole reason why I went in. I wasn't going to get credentials or or anything. I just wanted to learn more. So I went about about a year, I guess, and just I loved it. I, I you just read every every page and and made notes and highlighted and and uh, about the middle of the second year. I felt God tugging on my heart to be called a pastor. And that was so not what I was expecting out of this school of ministry. I, I really kept it in my heart for a little while. I didn't tell anybody because I was still trying to digest it yeah. a little bit. And I, I digested a little bit. And and I finally told my wife, I said, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. And uh, she said, you're kidding me. <laughs> and then I, I love that. I said, no, I said, I, I think this is where he's, he's drawing me. So we, I kept going to the school of ministry and, and I was uh, working on a ranch and just doing life and doing church and doing the school of ministry with every uh, spare moment that I had. And, and uh, by the third year, uh, I knew God had called me to be a pastor and uh, the job that I was in it, I was on a yearly contract, so we renegotiated mm. every every year, and uh, we did it in December. So in December, the first of December, God told me, um, He said, "If you are wanting to be a pastor and you're wanting to be obedient, then you're gonna have you're gonna have to wait, make a way for me to work." And wow. uh, and I that might seem confusing to some, but for me, I knew exactly what that meant. It meant that. I was going to have to um, tell my boss uh, uh, at that time that beginning in the next year, I was going to be stepping stepping down. I was going to be quitting my job because it's a, a ranching job and if you know taking care of animals, that's the middle of winter. I didn't want to leave my boss uh, in a in a tight spot or anything. So sure. I told him that um, I would work until. April 1st, because that's usually when green grass gets there and, and uh, you feed until April 1st and you kind of kick them out to pasture and they can they can take care of themselves on green grass from there on. Yeah, Got to get calving yeah. done and all that jazz, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything's pretty well taken care of. And so when I told them that my my bosses, they told me, they said, we hate to lose you. But if we're going to lose you to anybody, we'd rather lose you to God because they were both Christians as well. And so when I did that, I had absolutely uh, no idea where God was going to call me, where he was going to take me. But I knew that I had been obedient. So in those four months, God moved things around and began to shake things up in the the church that I was uh, attending, had been attending for 17 years. And and, uh, the pastor that was there that had been there for 29 years, he ended up retiring. And um, my last day on the job, my ranching job was April 1st. And my first day on the job as pastoring was April 2nd. So God's timing uh, and his ability to provide and and work things out was in perfect perfect timing, according to him. Man, that's awesome. 
And I love, uh, I love when you can just, uh, you know, you don't even have to work hard to see how God's fingerprints were just all over that story. And I really love that for you and for your family and for your ministry. Um, Absolutely. So let's talk ranching for a second, because uh, if I said the phrase, you know, ranching is just like pastoring, some people might understand that and some people might not. And so, yes. you know, in what ways did ranching kind of stand out and, and how did you find that it really became the springboard for how you began to handle pastoring and pastoral care. So walk me through that connection. Okay. So sometimes when you compare church people uh, in your congregation to animals, it could be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to pause uh, the podcast. That's it. That's all we need to hear. You know? Yeah, exactly. But I really felt like God had prepared me uh, because when I became the pastor, I realized that I always thought I was made to be a rancher, but I quickly realized that I, God created me to be a pastor. So my background of ranching, I was taught by some of the best uh, in, in this part of the, the world that you really needed to, to read the animals. When you were gathering them, they their body language, they, they had certain characteristics, they did certain things that if you were reading the the animal and their their body language, you could prevent uh, a, a cow from getting away or slipping out and and um, escaping. But also taking care of calves and 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 uh, cattle and yearlings and stuff along the same lines. I was taught to read their body language and your care for them. Just for some examples, when a calf is getting sick, their ears begin to to droop a little bit. Also, when a calf or a cow is getting, they're having fever, uh, their nose will get dry. Hmm. So there were little things that you could look at and you could pay attention to that you could take action before they actually got really sick. And um, one of my guys that I really looked up to, uh, he told me, he said, it's your job to make sure they don't get sick no matter what. He said, it's it's also your job to doctor them before they know they're sick. Hmm. So I really took that to heart to where I really paid attention to what was going on and, and their, their body language and, and their actions. And uh, that translated over to where whenever I became pastor, humans are really not much different than animals as far yeah. as. Yeah, in that you know, category, for sure. In that category, um, when things are going on and they're not doing well, they will let you know, not necessarily speaking, but their body language. Um, there's certain certain things that that you can pay attention to that you think, I don't I don't know that things are quite right there. So that enabled me to really be able to um, read people as well with the that ability to be able to read people and and their actions you can kind of you don't might, you might not be able to know the entirety of a situation but you can tell pretty quick um their emotions you can tell if they're if they're sad just by their their body their posture even so that really helped me out to to uh, just really pay attention to my congregation uh mm. and and the people that that you deal with maybe even people that that aren't a part of your congregation, just people that you uh, uh, deal with through the church, um, just being able to to read that. You know, a great pastor friend of mine told me, he said, if 
if you wait until your congregation is going through a storm to preach about it, you've waited too late. Mm. So it, I felt like it was my job to prepare my people, but also not let them get sick, you know, mm. as far as pay, uh, attention. The spirit, pay attention and pay attention what's going on in my church, what the Holy Spirit is, is putting on my heart uh, to prepare me because, you know, most most generally, when you're dealing with animals, your gut feeling is right. But when you're dealing with the congregation, 100% of the time, the spirit is right. I love that. Man, I love that. Wow, what a comparison. And uh, what started off as me being uncertain, no, there's a piece there where it's like, no, there's, there's. I mean, just to, to pay attention to people, because um, they do, they show, right? I mean, no matter yes. what, you can tell something's off. And and of course, with the Spirit of God, man, how can we miss? You know, it's just really Absolutely. exciting. I love that. I'm going to be chewing on that one for a while. But uh, but I do want to ask you uh, just a couple more questions here. Uh, I want you to dive into, you know, I know that you told me over the phone that when you started pastoring, you really kind of had to get acquainted with the ministry of presence, right? That's a word that we use. Yes. Um, where, you know, I mean, any number of situations, grief, uh, hospitalization, loss, I mean, just a tons of ways of being present. So how does someone yes. do well at the ministry of presence? Is it what we say, what we do, how we say and do these things? Can you help us define it if a pastor wants to get good at this? What are we talking about? So for me, the ministry of presence, it I felt called to not only preach the gospel, but I, I felt called to love the people uh, in in many different aspects. Uh, and one of those one of those areas was uh, I felt called that I needed to love uh, my congregation um, when they're in those storms. And and like you said, through the hospitals or, or maybe a, a loss in the family. And um, I went into those situations um really feeling a lot of pressure, thinking that that I needed to be able to pray the right prayer with them. If I showed up before surgery or being with a family, I really felt the pressure to say those right things, what I thought was the right things, you know, that would be the absolute perfect wording in that situation. But I quickly found out that I really didn't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. I just had to show up. I just had to show up and be present in their time of need. And and that's what God is to us. He is an ever-present help in a time of need. And I took it as I am I am God's hands and feet and mouth here on this earth. And if I can be there just present, you know, uh, uh, just sitting with them and not even saying, not even saying anything, but just talking with them through conversation and and laughing and and you know because oftentimes when even if you're at a funeral home you're you're they're telling stories and and they're laughing yeah. about the good times um and just this past week I I had the opportunity uh to be with a family all day and I don't think I said 10 words mm. I just listened and and I listened to them pour their heart out about uh their beloved family member and I said, man, that's a that is a great story. And, um, you know, so really and truly, I don't believe that I don't believe that you have to say the right things. Your your time and your presence 
will minister more than anything. Just being present is probably more effective than any word I could say. Mm, I love that. Um, so let's talk about kind of as we got to watch pastoral care play out in your congregation. Let's talk about some of the fruit of, of that. You know, what kind of church has this dedication to pastoral care created? What are some of the highlights there of what you've seen that yeah. has come to fruition from your attempts to say, hey, let's pay attention, let's care, let's be present. So uh, walk us through some of the fruit of that. Okay. I remember my very first uh, message that I brought to the church. Uh, God put it on my heart that that um, I wasn't supposed to be a dictator. I was supposed to be someone who taught my congregation how to love people. And mm. um, I remember uh, preaching that message and telling them that I didn't expect everybody to fall in line behind me. I wanted them to be side by side and we walk forward together. And through that, from that moment, I believe that that God revealed my heart that I want to do this, this life together, this church life together. So from, from me just being present, me showing up to to ball games, to kids' ball games, to to funerals, to to different things. Just being there, uh, it has actually multiplied in our church hmm. to where there's at any given moment there's multiple things going on uh, of surgeries and procedures and and loss of of, of of family members and 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 the pastor can't be there for every single one of them, especially when they're yeah. all happening at the same time. Right. So as they what, often do. Right. Yes, I mean, cars exactly. only break in the winter. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And all at once. <laughs> yes. So what I have seen is my board, they have gotten so they have literally surrounded me and and it literally flows downhill to where we go together. Uh, I might go to one thing. And then another church member, they will go to another thing or they might mm. get two or three and they'll go and they'll pray and they'll they'll minister in that situation to where I I don't feel the pressure. I want I would love to be there, but I can't sure. be everywhere at one time. So what it has done, it has literally multiplied to where everybody feels like they have a part to love other people. Mm. Yeah, man, I really love that. And again. Uh, you know, I think of a story where, I mean, there was a pastor who, uh, a church wasn't engaging in, in door-to-door evangelism or giving, and you hear story after story of the power of, of really the position that God has put us in at times where you can say, let me lead by example. And it gives other people permission and says, Hey, I want to go there. I want to follow that because that's yeah. hopefully, hopefully, and none of us would say this about ourselves, but hopefully we can truly say, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. And yes. so that's a powerful story. Well, hey, the last uh, thing I want to talk about is, you know, I, I had asked you the question over the phone of what's kind of a biblical touch point, a, a Bible verse that serves as a foundation for you. And you pointed me to Galatians 6. And so why don't you talk to us about that verse and kind of how you've used it as a guide for ministry? Yes. So Galatians 6 and 8, uh, it says, um, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but from the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And that verse God gave me, uh, he woke me up one night uh, and just led me to this verse. And and um, at that point in my life, it, it dealt with me personally. Um, 
And and it just kind of showed me what I was sowing and, and reaping. And uh, because verse seven, the verse before that says, God will not be mocked. Uh, there's seed time and harvest. So with that verse, and I, I quickly realized that whatever I sow, I will reap. But not just whatever I sow, but whatever I sow of the spirit. So mm. when the Holy Spirit puts an idea or or something on my heart that says, well, you need to go, you need to go pray for this person, or you need to call this person and just give them a, a word of encouragement. Sometimes you're, you're very busy and, and your flesh says, ah, I'll do that later. Well, who knows better the voice of God than the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so checks out. So, <laughs> so when I take that idea or that thought or that whatever he's telling me to do. And I begin to sow that I put action to that seed. Then God has is enabled and he has the ability to make that seed grow. Hmm. So that goes one way, but then the other way, if I sow of the flesh, I will reap of the flesh. So when I, I sow, I don't have time to do that, or that doesn't make me feel comfortable or whatever. Um, I'm sowing it into my flesh, but also I will reap from the flesh from somebody else. You know, we always think, well, I wish that person would treat me nice. Well, am I, have I been treating people nice? Uh, I'm getting the fruit of somebody else's flesh. So that this verse has really guided me to really listen to this Holy Spirit and listen to those ideas and those thoughts and, and, through prayer, you, 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 people are put in your heart, put on your mind. And I just write those names down and I write those thoughts down and, and I, I put those seeds into action after that, that prayer time or, or whatever it may be. And I begin to just sow into the, the people's lives. And there's testimony after testimony after testimony of how people have said, I really needed that word. I really mm. needed in that perfect time. And it all boils back to uh, just listening to the Holy Spirit. And um, he, it's it's really a uh, powerful thing. And one of the I've been reading a book, The Spirit Empowered Church by Alton mm. Garrison. And yeah, uh, one of his his sayings is compassion flows out of a friendship, not fellowship. Oh, and so it's more than just being friendly. Yeah, it's about having a deep, meaningful friendship with someone. And out of that friendship grows compassion. Hmm. So what we really strive to do in in our church is not to just be friendly, but to have deep, meaningful friendships. Mm. I love that. That's probably a whole conversation by itself. But uh, but for today, I do want to say, Pastor Travis, thank you so much for jumping on here. You're welcome. It was an honor being here. Absolutely. Well, from all of us at Real Advancement, again, we are so excited that you tuned in today. We hope uh, that just by hearing someone, not just speaking to your context, but who gets it, that you will be equipped and encouraged to keep doing what God's asked you to do wherever you're at. Um, As usual, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but true to rural form, the best way to get this podcast in the hands of people who need it is from one rural pastor looking at another one and saying, hey, you got to check this out. And so I hope that you share some of these conversations. I have been your host, Joe Epley. He has been Pastor Travis Barbie, and we will see you next week. 